Welcome to Make Pods Great Again. I'm your host, John, back with my stand-in bestie, Steph Chung. Steph, how are you? I'm good. Replacement bestie on the <laughs> on the call. Replacement bestie because our other besties getting close, getting real close. <laughs> Very exciting. I can't wait to see little John Woolley, Matt Frazier, Brazier. Axel, Matt Frazier, Brazier. Oh, I forgot Axel. Yeah. Are we going to call yeah. him? I think we should call him Axel, regardless of what she names the baby. I think we should. It's it'll be like the kid that you're not sure in school how he got his nickname because it has nothing to do with like any of his given names. You're like, oh, weird. Like John Jack Brazier. Why are you Axel? And I'll just be like, he'll be a cool kid. It's gonna be. She's gonna think that's so rude because I don't even think she likes that name. So it'll be great. That's the best part. I haven't seen you in so long. It's been like a whole three days. I'm having full on withdrawals from the games. I'm not going to lie. Like it's this emotional, like high, you know, CrossFit summer camp. You see all your friends, especially this year, because we mentioned we haven't seen everyone in so long, especially in person. So it's like, super excited, happy all the time. Like, you know, it was five days, super intense. And I got home and I was like, I'll just chill at baseline for like, at least 24 hours, maybe 48, just like recycle my energy. It, uh, it occurred to me after I left, was that the first time we've been in the same room together? Yeah, I think so. Did we get a picture? I don't know that we did. So I think, and if someone's listening who took it, I think we did get a couple pictures like with people, like with other spectators that we were both in, but we should have gotten one like you and me. Let's let's be fair. You got pictures and I happen to be in the vicinity and people felt sorry for me. They go, okay, you slide into old guy. You're like, okay. You know, I can speak to that being totally untrue. I was standing there with you at that van, the, the white podcast <laughs> recording coffee van. And oh. I had people who came up to me and said, and, and said like, Hey, can you take a picture with me and John? Like you're totally famous too. Yeah, I I did have like one moment where that happened and that it felt really weird. Like it, it didn't feel weird with you and it doesn't feel weird when it's with Nikki because I think, you know, the people at least that listen to the show associate us all together because, you know, we're on the air together from time to time in, you know, some capacity. But I was down watching the teen athletes compete and uh, I ran into, oh gosh, who did I run into down there? I'm losing my mind. Jacob Hebner. And, you know, I saw him from the back and Jacob's so recognizable, you know, and I knew his athlete, Olivia was out competing. So I just walked up behind him and like put my arm around him. Like, dude, you're too old to be down here. And he turned (laughs) around he gave me a big hug as, you know, as he does. And he's just such a nice dude. And we sat there and chatted for four or five minutes. And then somebody came down and they're like, Hey, Jacob, can I get a picture with you? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, can John get in it too? And I'm like, Oh my God. Like, I had, I had like a real fangirl moment for me. I'm like, I can't believe someone asked for my picture with Jacob because I've been a fan of Jacob for years. You know, it was really weird. You've, it was a weird moment. You've officially made it. You're you're a meme wizard. Like everyone laughs. You bring laughs to people's day. Like the hilarity ensues and people just want their photo with you. Well, so here's the real funny part about it, though, because Jacob is such a troll. He's like, are you sure you want me in it, guys? Like, I'm like, Jake, shut up, man. Just shut up. I love you, bro. Just shut up. Like, seriously. You're like, let me have this moment. Yeah, just, just let me have a photo. My, let me have my fan <laughs> moment for a second here. So he's such a he's just such a funny dude. Just cracked me up. But 
So yeah, uh, no, it was so fun. Games week, like I was looking forward to it so much. And I think I came away like happier than I expected to be. It was just like way better, but it totally was one of those things where I think everyone who went was like, I probably need a week off, but like, I have to go back to work tomorrow, back to the real world. Well, I, I needed a week off to get away from cheese curds and beer. Cause I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God, cheese curds. Oh, I'm, I'm stuffed to the, br- like stuffed to the brim with both. It was horrible and great all at the same time. Amazing. Uh, cheese curds are my new favorite food group. Um, so I told everyone that I needed to leave the Midwest immediately and get <laughs> myself as geographically far from those as possible. They are so good. I, um, we, we were like kind of recapping our week when we got back and I'm like, I had burgers and cheese curds four nights in a row. Hey, one in Madison, I guess, you know, I didn't work out. And I just, I'm like, people live like this. Like, I don't know how people live like this and don't just die like really quickly. And you know, no judgment. Cause I probably could, you know, I lived like that for a week and I probably could live like that for the rest of my life. If I didn't enjoy working out so much, but man, that's hard on your body. <laughs> It's totally. really hard on your body. Totally. The the body is very resilient for better or for worse. And I think I had the same thought, you know, like how do people live like this, eating like this all the time? And then lo and behold, was like every night at dinner, I was like, well, does anyone want to share some cheese curds with me? <laughs> like, So you see them on the menu and you literally can't leave them off. You're like, I don't know how I don't order these. I was surprised at how many different types there were. Like, I just thought, yeah. all right, these like, they're going to be cheese sticks with, you know, whatever. And, you know, they all give you ranch dressing, but they all had different breadings and different types of cheeses. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize you could do so many types of fried cheese, but here we are. You know? you know, I mean, I'm never, I never say no to fried cheese, but I got to say like the mozzarella stick, is not something that I usually see on a menu. I'm like, mm, got to have it. So that's why I initially did not, pick the cheese curds. It was thanks to Logan who ordered them for the table when we were at dinner for Nikki's birthday. And I in genuinely in my head was like, Oh, well, I'm not gonna have any of those. Like, it's probably gross. You know, like who needs those calories? Right. And I'm like, okay, you're not gonna be ridiculous. You know, you're trying to like also work out this week. You're not really on vacation. And then I tried one and she like left the table to take a call and I, Matt can attest, Matt Brazier can attest that this actually happened. I finished the entire bowl by myself, like the entire appetizer by myself. And then I like had to go to the waiter and order another one because Logan like was the one that ordered them and then didn't actually get any for herself. So I was like, wait, hurry up quick. Like, can you bring them out real fast so that when she gets back to the table, she actually has the, the food that she wanted to eat. Yeah. And that was when I first discovered cheese curds. Cause the first time years ago when I tried them, they were like these slimy things that like, it was cheese, but it like, you know, it wasn't fried. It wasn't fried cheese. Way different. Way different. Well, totally worth it. It's, uh, I give myself grace on these trips, meaning like I didn't work out at all, which is really unusual for me to take a full week off. But I'm like, you know what? I'm watching people work out. So that's just like working out. And I kind of eat whatever I want. Like I quit tracking. Like I know people are probably going to lose their minds. You know, the hardcore CrossFitters that listen to this, but it's just like a week off from everything. And it was, it was really nice. You know, now I'm paying for it now. You know, if I come back and I'm like, why can't I catch up on my sleep? And I'm sure my body's still like, cause you screwed me over for a week and I'm going to punish you. But 
you know, I'll get back into it or I'm getting back into it and I'll, I'll feel good again quick. So you'll get back. The assault bike always gets you, uh, whips you back into shape. Yeah. It whips you. I don't know if back into shape's the right term. I'll give you credit though. You show like you showed up the first day. You look like you're ready to compete yet on your shorts and your tank. And I'm like, I think she's buying for a wild card. You know, that's the rule of CrossFit competitions. You got to show up and like, if they just call someone out of the stands, like you got to be ready to jump in. Well, so there I was. You were, you were ready to go. I looked like I was <laughs> ready to jump into a grill, like a dad wearing some new balances, but you look like you were ready to compete. So that was well, good. I mean, Noble did make the kit this year. So like I was matching kind of, but it was actually so much, I got to like tell you the truth. It was so much fun to like pick out my outfits. I haven't picked, Obviously, when I work out, I pick out outfits, but like I got really into it. I laid out all my outfits for the week, like made sure they were all packed together. I had a, I had a real fun time. Like it was great. Well, we're going to talk about the performances and, it, you know, I'll segue it in with the outfits. You think any of the female athletes, when they got their kits from No Bowl, pulled out the white shirts and went, well, I'm not going to need that this week. Any of them? <laughs> Except for Tia, of course. The funny thing is that I was actually, ta- so I was talking to the um, people who made those like leader jerseys and they made new ones for every event. Obviously, like when the leader changes, you have to get a new one. But for most of the weekend, it was like Tia. So they made her a new one every single time. And like, she hasn't even touched the like regular kit. You know, she wore it for what one event and then they had to just reprint her this like red and white. So she probably has, there were 15 events. She has 14 pairs of like, red and white clothing yeah. pretty amazing well she yeah she was never not the leader she won yeah. nine events and including the first three so she led from the very beginning it's yeah it's hard to even put into words like i don't do you think we'll ever see an athlete male or female this dominant again in my opinion this is no offense to frazier she's more dominant than that my opinion Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because obviously Matt stopped before he really like needed to, you know, I think that we did, we saw him a couple of years get pushed by other people, but I fully believe that he could have come back for as many more years as he wanted and also still won or at least been at the top. Um, that's not taking away any of the performances that happened this weekend. That's just like, he chose to stop, you know, he wasn't, past his prime or anything so but i but i mean like tia is incredibly dominant it just it shows through in all of the performances i mean we we had talked about it being with 15 events that the game really is consistency but i mean you talk about her it's consistency in first place you know there was no one who who even matched her which is pretty amazing in that field, you know, with the diversity of the tests and some really talented athletes in different areas, she's just so good at absolutely everything. Yeah. And I don't, I don't disagree with you about, you know, Matt absolutely could have, and very likely would have come back and won. I just look at Tia and go, man, nine event wins, wins the first three, like right out of the gate. She won five out of the first seven and had a second place in the other one. And then, you know, she has more event wins than any athlete ever. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm just not sure anyone can ever, I think she'll win as long as she wants to win. I, it's, and that's no offense to the other women who are super talented. We'll talk about a lot of them, but just so impressive, incredibly impressive. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think the most amazing thing about Tia is that she, she doesn't just win one type of event, you know, or like even just two types of events, she wins all the types of events. So you look at on day one, um, event one, two, three, she went first event four, she got second, but the first one was an hour plus on the swim and kayak event two was the ring muscle, ring muscle up bar muscle up pig flip sled drag also first. So that's a high skill gymnastics heavy on that pig. So like an odd object kind of high skill gymnastics workout. And then event three, you have a sprint literally 90 seconds of running, you know, and she wins all three of them. Those are incredibly diverse events back to back. And she's at the top on all. Yeah. The fact that she could come out and win that, that swim kayak that took an hour, Mm -hmm. 10 minutes and then turn around and win a, a sprint and a minute 24 is unreal to me because it was such different disciplines. And there's a, you know, a lot of talented women in this field. I mean, the women's field is stacked. I mean, both are, but you know, I just, I look at the women's field and think of, you know, there are several in there that are, have had that specialist skill of being a runner maybe in the past or a swimmer, you know, and she just finds a way to beat them. It's, it's really awe-inspiring when you, it's like watching Michael Jordan or Muhammad Ali or, you know, whoever's considered one of the greatest athletes of all time. It's really impressive. Absolutely is. I I definitely think she's clearly the most dominant CrossFit athlete of our time now. And I think that even if and when any future athlete surpasses her achievements, she'll still be a legend in our sport. Oh yeah, no doubt. How about Laura Horvath coming back and finishing second? That's pretty amazing. I'm happy for her. I think um, from her rookie year, you know, she had such a standout performance and she struggled a little bit in, in future years. Um, and people speculated why that is. I don't think it really matters. I just think that it, is awesome to see, you know, someone overcome clearly some adversity in their training after being at the top. And I'm just so excited. She was able to, to make it back on the podium this weekend. I'm sure she was really excited about that. Yeah. I, I haven't really speculated as to why she hasn't been back other than the, you know, the women's field has so many talented athletes in it. Um, and I'm with you. Like I, I didn't, I had her in my top 10. I didn't think she'd be on the podium. Um, but you know, I haven't seen a lot from her in the last couple of years and it's a hard sport to handicap, but I was super Mm -hmm. excited for, you know, it's nice to see, you know, someone who's had success before and struggled to come back. Like to me, that's a really good story to, to hear and to watch happen live. And, uh, it was just great. It it was honestly overshadowed a little, little by, uh, my favorite in third Annie, Annie Thor's daughter. I know, I know, I know it. I, Speaking about Laura, I did feel a little bit bad. You know, obviously it was so emotional for Annie to to finish on the podium, to finish the weekend at all. And um, it it did feel a little bit like it took away from, from Laura, but she's such a sweet human. Like the, the Coliseum was chanting for her. And um, I, you know, she looked, she looked really happy with her performance, but Annie just, I mean, how emotional I was in tears in her at the finish at her interview with Nikki. Um, I think a lot of people were, it was such a tearjerker. I was like, God damn it, Nikki, <laughs> why you gotta do this to me? 
but so happy for her. We were uh, all of us in the stands, like, you know, Annie's, you know, everything she did was kind of getting us teary eyed, like during the snatch event, like every time she'd hit a lift, she just looked so genuinely shocked and grateful and pleased. And every time she would Mm -hmm. you know, finish the top of a heat or an event, she'd have that same look, like just like she was in the moment of this, you know, special place that she had no idea she'd ever get back to, you know, and you could see it in her face. And then, yeah. And then Nikki asking the questions to make us all cry. I'm like, damn it, girl, like, don't do that to me. I'm like trying to choke it back now. I got a rep to protect. Yeah. Ruining it for me. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually re-listened to your initial podcast with Annie, maybe not the first one you did, but back when she was pregnant, when she was pregnant with Freya and, um, and then I listened to the one after she gave birth and where she told you about her birth story and just to having listened to that and having it so fresh in my mind, it really was amazing to me how she, you see her on the floor and you think like she went through this incredible trauma less than a year ago. And you know, that it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows since then, you know, like she, had this long journey back, you know, it's been only a year, but it's been a long year and it's a lot of work. So, um, to see her succeed and the looks on her face almost look like, you know, she was doing it for herself. She was just happy for herself. She was achieving things that maybe she was unsure she was even going to be able to do. And that's like, that's the beauty of CrossFit. I think it, and it's so special to see it in an athlete that's been in this sport longer than anyone that that's still, our bodies are still capable of surprising us. You know, it's funny. I was talking to Nikki last night, actually, we we're talking about her having her baby. And she said, typical Nikki, she's like, well, you know, after I have the baby, you know, I'll have some free time. I'll be able to just jump on and do some podcasts with you. I'm like, Nikki, postpartum is a real thing. Like it is a very, very real thing. Not to mention it's a crazy trauma to your body. Like, don't do that. Like, and, you know, you got to rest and relax and take care of yourself. And then I started thinking about Annie going through all those same things and then somehow finding a way to get all this, the training it takes in to get on the podium. Heck, just to make the games, forget the podium, oh like gosh. just to make them is an amazing accomplishment. And the fact that she got to the podium just seems superhuman to me. I've always felt she was superhuman anyway. So it kind of plays to my narrative, but man, so impressive. Just Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and I think, you know, Annie is, has always been kind of an emotional uh, smiles all the time. Um, emotional athlete, but to see her go through that experience over the weekend, I just, I really think it, it probably confirmed what a lot of people have thought, you know, especially I can't, I've never been pregnant. I've never had a child, but I'm sure to mothers who went through the same thing, they went through postpartum, they maybe struggled to get back into shape. They struggled with their own self-confidence thinking that they could do that again. So it's just so nice to have a role model like her. Well, you know, there are only 200, basically, you know, 200 points or less between her and, you know, the people down in ninth and 10th. And, you know, I know there are going to be some people going, well, you know, and we'll talk about it later in the show with injuries and COVID and whatever, and some big names that were out of the competition, but it's notable to say that, you know, Annie still had to beat Kristen Holta, Haley Adams, 
uh, Christy Aramo, Amanda Barnhart, Katrin Davis' daughter. I mean, listen to these names, Daniel, Brandon. Like, it wasn't like she had a field of pushovers and the best mm. people got sick. Like, she beat the best. And yeah. it's, it's just really, it's mind-blowing to me that uh, she pulled this off. And I'm so happy for her because she's just an amazing person, to, to say the least. Uh, Kristen Holta, did I hear she retired? Did I read that? Yes. She did. She announced it, I believe, this morning. It was either this morning or yesterday morning. I'm losing track of my yeah. days. Yeah, she uh, she announced that it's her. It was her last dance in the at the Coliseum in Madison. So um, good for her. I mean, she's been in the sport such a long time. I remember when I started um, when I started competing. I was living in the Middle East, and so my my regional was Meridian with Europe. And I really looked up to her. Like I was um, so excited in my first regional to, I happened to be in the the top heat and I was like psyched to be in her heat, you know, and she's such a great person as well. I just think she's a real, she's a real role model in the sport. She's been doing this for forever. So whatever is next for her, I, I wish her all the best. And um, I'm sure she'll stay a part of the community and, um, you know, inspire people future generations because she really has done so much. She's been so consistent over the years. what did you think of Haley Adams performance? Yeah. You know, Haley is someone that continues to impress me every, every year. I'm sure her aspirations were higher than fifth. Um, but I mean, top five at the games, it's incredible. Um, she's, she's someone that, you know, even though we say, she's an endurance athlete, you know, she's out, she's an outstanding runner. She's fantastic in endurance events. Um, she's still held her own. And we talked about this on day one, like she still holds her own in strength events. And, you know, so maybe the, the snatch, um, event wasn't really her thing and the, the clean ladder too, but you know, like she continues to surprise me. Um, and her consistency across domains is amazing. So I think there's really, really great things, even better things to come for her in the future. Well, you know, we've made no secret on this show, our love for Haley. Uh, you know, the thing that <laughs> impressed me about her, and I'm with you, I, you know, I'm positive she, you know, fifth was not her aspiration. But what was interesting to me about watching her was just her resilience. So if you, you, think back to the event where it was the running and the cleans and it was back-to-back events with kind of tight time caps, you know, so they'd run to, what was it, 200 or 250 meters and then have to basically do a clean ladder, you know, so each time they come in, they go to a heavier weight. So she got capped on the second of those, you know, she did not do well in the first one and the second one, it got heavier. She got to the first weight and it was done, just stuck. Right. And Oh man, like the whole stadium, I think was heartbroken because she's literally at that point, you have to stand out there until the cap is over and make attempts. And she messed, missed, and missed and, and was just having a, you know, it's a, that's a rough place to be. Well, you fast forward past that. Then she had a second and eighth and a third back to back to back right after that. So for me, it was like, so she had this incredibly tough moment. She could have sat around and pouted and said, woe is me. She came back out and 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 threw it to them you know and to me that's yeah. just so impressive and just the real sign of a a champion and in my opinion still a future champion on the podium uh just the fact that she was able to fight back through that and and work her way back to fifth so yeah absolutely i mean it's 
we talked about this also, I think on day one, where it's not easy to have a really bad finish and then come back and like do great things. You know, it's much, much easier to stay in the hole and, and never dig yourself out of it. So I think it's definitely a sign of good things to come for her. And, um, you know, because if you're mentally tough, you know, the physical toughness will come too. Um, you can't, it's much harder to train that mental toughness, that competitor, competitor spirit that gets you off your ass and back onto the floor with very nice finishes, you know, after very low finishes, uncharacteristically low finishes. Yeah. Well, we'll come back to the women. Let's talk about the men a little bit. Our boy, Justin Medeiros. I'm am I pronouncing his name, right? I heard it different, three different ways over the weekend. I don't know if that's right or not, but it's close enough, I guess. Everybody knows who he is, the mullet. <laughs> Justin, what a good guy. What a oh, good guy. Best. So and sweet. Did uh, did you see the end when he actually won and hugged his dad and his mom? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I, that, again, I was really close to losing it. They got to quit doing this shit because he goes over and hugs his dad, and his dad gives him this, like, chest bump. You know, yeah. and, uh, you know, and his mom, who's a total sweetheart, is like, you know, hugging and hugging his neck. And I'm sitting there like thinking if this were my kid, I'd be losing my mind, you know. And Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You know, I haven't met his parents. Um, but that so that event, their last event happened before the um, the women came out. And I think it was like the primer. So it was like that was a very emotional moment, even though, you know, like I don't know them him putting a stamp on his lead, you know, him finishing in first wearing the leader's Jersey. It's just like, it's an iconic moment for someone to have the pressure of the leader's Jersey and then step up and like put an exclamation point on it. You know, like no one's calculate having to calculate points. No one's going back and saying like, well, how many points ahead was this person and that? Like, there's no conversation. It's just he won and he knew it the second he stepped across that line. And for him to go immediately hug his parents and have that that reaction, I just thought it was one of the sweetest things and such a such a good moment for him. So happy. Well, and you know, to that point of not having to calculate points, where I was impressed with him was once he got the leader's jersey, he didn't give it up. Mm-hmm. And in the last day of competition, and that was where I was thinking, all right, you know, he's still, he's, he's a young dude. Like, you know, he, he hasn't had, you know, last year he was chasing someone, you know, you're chasing Frazier. So if you, you know, you almost lose the pressure when you're chasing a four-time champ because no one's ever beaten mm-hmm. him. So like, if you don't beat him, no one judges you for that. Right. Expectations are low. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So when you have the lead and you're wearing the leader's jersey, and by the way, he was, you know, he's going up against Vellner and Fakowski. So it wasn't like the people around him were slouches, like he's competing no. still against the best. He finished third, second, and first in the last three events. Like not only did he hold on to it, but he marched his way to the win. Like, yeah. Just unbelievably yeah. Uh, impressive for, you know, not only for such a young guy, but you know, he's just a tremendous athlete. So really, really cool. Totally really stepped up under pressure. It takes a lot to put that leader's Jersey on. You see it at night when you take it off, you see it in the morning when you put it back on, you probably change, you know, clothes between events. It's in your face that you're leading everybody, you know, you can't get away from it. And that's a lot of pressure, especially where this is second year at the game. So, um, very impressed with him 
really good things to come, I think. And especially with two seasoned veterans coming in second and third right behind him. Yeah. Well, the, actually the, the next four really, you know, well, actually the second one was closer to him than anyone, but then the three behind that in third, fourth and fifth were all within Close. 30 points of each other. It's like really a, a tight race. We'll start with our boy, Patty V Pat Vellner getting up on the podium and just so, so cool. So happy for him. How'd you, how'd you like his week? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Working with Pat and Brent on the PFA this year, I've really gotten to, I feel like I've gotten to know them a little bit better. Um, just outstanding humans, also very intelligent, you know, in how they analyze everything. Um, so really happy, you know, this year has been tough for everyone, of course. Um, but they went through a lot of shutdowns also in Canada, um, with gym shutdowns. They both, you know, were training at their house by themselves. Um, Pat had a, had a baby, his wife had a baby. So that isn't, you know, without its struggles, um, really happy to see them both on the podium. Yeah. And, you know, he dug himself in a hole. He mentioned it multiple times of the weekend, you know, finished 35th on the very first event. I think he likes starting from the bottom. (laughs) Like he keeps doing this. I got to ask him at some point. It's like the inner fire. Like it just lights, he's got to light his inner fire by placing near last in the first event. Uh, yeah, I mean, seriously, you know, he's really two, you know, two events from first when you really when you really break it down and look at it. And that's the one that's crippling, you know, from a total point standpoint. But the fact, you know, to finish second in this group is still not taken away from his finish. Like, it's so great to see him up on the podium. And uh, yeah, I mean, speaking as someone who digs herself into quite a hole on day one, (laughs) you know, it's, um, he just, you can't say anything bad about it. Like he finishes 35th in event one goes back and wins event two. Like, you know, that there's just, he knows in his head, like, this is what's happening. Like I will finish almost last and then I will, win everything else. I mean, his next lowest performance was a 16th, which is by all means, not a bad finish, but he won what three events, a handful of like seconds and thirds. So it's like just incredibly impressive that you can place on the podium after a 35th finish. We talk about consistency all the time. You know, normally I think that we would count someone out if they had a 35th place finish um, but Pat made it happen and that's really, really great for him. Yeah. And then, uh, your boy Brent up in third, back on the podium again, I gotta be honest. So I like Brent a lot. And again, I don't, I mean, no disrespect to this. I just hadn't heard much out of him last couple of years. Like he, you know, he got, you know, didn't make the top five last year. So, you know, I guess you could consider that cut. And then two years ago at Madison, he got cut early. And, you know, he had been on the podium before. So it's kind of like the same story of Laura Horvath to some degree where I'm like, okay, well, maybe we've seen the best of him, you know, and clearly we didn't because not only did he wear, wear the leader's jersey at one point during this, but he was at the top of the leaderboard all week. Really impressed. Yeah. Yeah, he really impressive with him as well. I'm always impressed with him as an athlete and how analytical he is, but not only analytical, but, um, very measured in how he assesses himself. I think it's really hard to be objective with yourself. 
Um, I especially, I analyze workouts heavily, but you know, I still need someone to tell me I'm wrong because sometimes I'll think, you know, like, Hey, I can do that, that set in, you know, that number of reps in two sets. And it's like, well, you definitely can't. So tone it back. You know, he just has this great self-awareness that I think is, so it's really important to be analytical, but it's also important to be like accurate in your analysis of yourself. And, um, he does that obviously really well. And, you know, I, I think if I could explain, you know, why you maybe haven't seen a lot of Brent in the past couple of years, um, he's not great at online competitions. I think he'd probably admit that himself. I don't think it's any secret. Um, you know, there was a year, I think I remember him nearly missing regionals because of like the open, like, you know, online competitions aren't great in general for anyone. I don't know that anybody loves them. And we've seen a lot of them the last couple of years. So in, you know, last year was all online virtually. I mean, um, you even talk about how, you know, stage one of the games online, um, just really tough. So I was really happy to see him kind of bounce back from that reputation this year and really crush it in, um, in Atlas games, his semifinal. And then he really showed what he had in the games, you know, it's his time to shine. It's an in-person event. First one he had in a very long time. And yeah, I don't think anyone can ever count out Brent. So very, also very, very happy for him. Um, although I'm pretty sure third was not what he had in mind either, but you know, like any high achieving athlete with big goals, like they all want that number one spot, but still very happy to see his efforts rewarded in at least a podium position. Yeah. And then fourth and fifth were, you know, within, you know, basically eight points of each other, BK in fourth and check in fifth, like both great performances out of those guys. I know. I, I have to say I was rooting for BKG to be on the podium. Um, He's, he works so hard. He's such a nice guy kind of flies under the radar a little bit, um, but just very consistently does his work. So I have so much respect for him, but I think fourth is still a great finish. Of course, I'm sure that his aspirations were higher than that as well. Um, but he, it's great to see him back in person. It's also been a while for him. And then I was really, really impressed with Saxon. He's so young, you know, and like for him to finish fifth is just amazing. Yeah. Saxon's funny. I ran into him at a rest area, uh, when we were driving back, I was, we had stopped and, you know, we're getting waters and using, you know, just doing a break. And, um, I ran into his dad, his dad's in there and I'm like, Papa Pan, what are you doing? So we're talking for a couple of minutes and he's like, Oh, Saxon. Dad is great. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, Saxon's out here. So I go out and Saxon's taking care of the twins. His babies are there. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, you know, oh with the twins and taking care of it. And so I just, I said to him, Hey, how you, I gave him a hug. I'm like, how are you feeling? He's like, I'm all right. He's like, you know, I'm a little disappointed. You know, I wanted to finish higher and I was so close. And he was, you know, he's within 30 points at the podium really, or, you know, 30 yeah. or 40. And, um, so I said to him, I'm like, Hey, when did you become the strongest pan check? And he got so excited because, you know, he, <laughs> he finished really high in that snatch of it, you know? And, yeah. uh, he's like, I've been working so hard on that. You know, he was just, he was so excited to beat Scott at, at, uh, a lift because I think forever Scott's been viewed as, you know, the strongest person in their family and to see Saxon come out and do really well and, you know, and he's snatched 285. And you got to keep in mind, this kid weighs 180. Like, it's not like he's a big boy. Like, 
you know, he's, he's soaking wet. He's 180 probably. He'd say 182, but you know, he's 180. And, uh, he was so like his patience lit up. I was like, man, I can't wait to see what he's going to accomplish in future years. Cause he's really just getting started. Yeah. So exciting for him. Also having two twin babies, like how crazy must that be? I that can't life, believe so. They bring the babies. <laughs> like these, these babies are like six pounds. They're like these tiny, they just came out. They're not even done. You know, oh my goodness, such pretty little girls. And, uh, yeah, Taylor, his wife, you know, bundled him up and brought him to Madison. And God bless oh, wow. him. You know, the whole family's pitching in, but that's still a handful. And, you know, I, I think of him kind of like I do Pat. Like, I, you know, people don't get enough credit for this. But I said to Tex, I'm like, are you getting sleep, dude? Because you got to rest before the games. He's like, hey, like, you look guilty. He's like, yes. He's like, and I'm ready for the games to be over because I got to, you know, he knows he, he wants to pitch in more like this, how he's wired. He wants to yeah. you know, be a part of that and part of that experience, but he also wants to win the games and pay for these kids future, you know? Yeah, and of course. So it's, I, I think, you know, I'm sure him and Pat both, you know, this is a different variable thrown into their game season that, you know, some of the other competitors haven't had to deal with. So it's really, really interesting to see that. And I'm, I'm happy for him. You know, I'd love to see him get on the podium, but you know, fifth is his highest finish and, and a really solid year to say the least. Absolutely. A lot of good things to come for him. Any surprises on either side for you, men or women? You know, I'm looking through the leaderboard now. Um, I got to say, like, I'm only a little bit surprised at Guy because I didn't know much about him before. I knew he was a strong athlete. Um, obviously, we saw he is incredibly strong. He threw around that clean ladder bar like it was toy weight. I don't even – you looked – like, you would have thought that it was warm-up weight unless you looked at any of the other competitors who were so far behind him, lifting it like it was – a one RM deadlift, you know, like it, you were like, Oh, well that can't be that heavy. And then you looked at everyone else in the field and you're like, wait, no, it's really that heavy. It was, that was super impressive. Also his snatch, you know, incredible. He could have kept going. I think that certainly wasn't, you know, a max for him. And that's on day three. They're exhausted, you know, like so impressive. So I, I would say he surprised me just cause I, I had didn't know about a lot about him as an athlete. Yeah, I didn't know about him either. As a matter of fact, uh, I feel like I should apologize out loud. Like when he won the sprint event on day one, somebody goes, who is this kid? And I, I literally said out loud, doesn't matter. You won't know who he is on day two. <laughs> the sprinter, like that's what it looked like. You know, he's, a fat, he's just fast, you know, and that's yeah. okay. You know, but I just, I didn't know who he was. And, you know, I immediately discounted him. And man, he, did he prove me wrong a hundred times over. That kid is super strong. And he's 20, 21, like he's a baby. He's just a little, yeah. he's a little baby. Um, I, just getting I was, started. Oh, he is absolutely just getting started. And I would, I think we'll see big things from him. I was, um, I don't know if surprise is the right word, but um, happy and sad kind of at the same time over Scott's predicament. I didn't realize Scott Pancheck mm. was hurt going into the mm. game because he hurt his knee. And it was wildly evident in his running. And, um, you know, what's impressive to me, I joked to somebody today, I'm like, Scott beat 30 people on one leg. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Like how fit do you yeah. have to be 
to beat 30 of the fittest people on the earth with one leg. Yep. It's, it's just crazy to me. You know, he had a couple of, he had, a, you know, two event wins on one leg, you know, and, and a whole bunch of top 10 finishes. And then anything that required running killed a score, you know, it was right. Um, but, you know, he won spirit of the games and I think he went out on his own terms. And so I was happy for him in that regard. And, and bluntly, it was a real honor to kind of book it, be able to book in his career. You know, I was at his first regionals and had a whole bunch of pictures of him and his family when, you know, Saxon and Spencer were just toddlers basically. And, um, and to be able to see him from his first season to his last season and be there for his last event was, was really special and memorable and get to see him hold his baby and kiss Kristen and, and all that was really, really cool. Um, incredible moments. I, I do hope obviously you never want to compete injured. That's clearly, he was clearly, he was fit, you know, placing 10 on one leg. Um, but you know, like, I think, like you said, he had some really great moments over the weekend and it looked like he was really enjoying himself and kind of savoring the last experience. So great for him. Yeah. I, you know, otherwise I don't feel like I had a lot of surprises. I know we could sit here and debate for hours, like kind of where people finish, but I don't even really like to do that in the no. fact that you're talking about the fittest 40, you know, so if you finish 36 or if you finish fifth, like, you know, you got there for a reason. Like the person who finished Absolutely. 36 could have a better weekend and finish fifth the next weekend on the same events for that matter. Like, you know, yep. sometimes things don't work out for you. Um, Absolutely. I mean, I was just going to say surprise wise, the biggest surprise to me were really like the injuries and the withdrawals from COVID, you know, like that was really the, the biggest surprise and something that I don't know that I really expected, you know, even given the COVID climate, it kind of felt like we were past it, you know, like the international athletes got clearance to get to the U S and, you know, like, it felt like it was a conversation that we were somewhat done with, you know, like we would still talk about it, but I didn't expect it to have the impact that it did on the field. Um, and then also injury and illness, you yeah. know, there were a lot of withdrawals due to those reasons. Well, if you look at the, on the COVID side, you right off the top, you had Bethany Shadburn and um, Carrie Pierce, both had to withdraw. Yeah. Uh, Cara Saunders, had COVID, but tested negative prior to the games. I talked to her, to her husband, and we may have talked about that. I think we talked about this on one of the podcasts earlier in the week. It just it really affected her breathing, and then she had to withdraw. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had two, you could argue, really high potential podium placements in Danny Spiegel and uh, Brooke Wells, both injuries, yeah. Brooke being the more notable in the fact that she was, you know, we were going in, you know, about to start the final day. And she was, I forget what her placement was, but um, I think she was top five or at least she was top eight. Like she absolutely had, it would have had a shot going into that final day of making the podium and just heartbreaking to see her go out on an injury. So heartbreaking. You never ever want to see that on a competition floor, of course. And you know, like snatches, everyone knows snatches get a little dodgy when you get up towards one RM and when you're tired these athletes of course train for that. So, you know, you, you wish for the best, but, um, 
like you said, I don't think there's any way to describe it other than heartbreaking what happened to her. Um, I think she handled it so gracefully, you know, like it obviously that being in contention for podium and then having it, you know, taken away just before the last day, basically at the very last minute is, um, just awful, but I, you know, she'll be back. I think she's such a strong athlete. Things have started to really change for her over the past year or two. And I'm, I'm really excited to see when she comes back from this, like the fire that she's got. Well, and I, you know, I felt the same way about Danny. I'm, we're going to circle back to Danny and have her on here at some yeah. to talk about it. I messaged her after her injury and just said, Hey, I'm thinking about you. And, you know, she just gave me a quick message back. Thanks. I appreciate it. You know, cause it's like, I don't even want to, as much as I love Danny and we're good friends, I'm not, I don't want to call her or even text too much when she's dealing with, you know, everything yeah. you work for for a year just fell from under you. But a couple of days later, I messaged her I'm like, Hey, what do you think about boot photos? We could probably make a fortune, you know, <laughs> she rolled her ankle <laughs> and she's wearing that boot. And by that point she was back in better spirits and uh, she's like, let's go, let's do it. Um, yeah. So she's kind of back to her old self, at least from that. But I, you know, I think, you know, you'll see both of these athletes back competing. You know, I don't know how long Brooks recovery is. I heard it might be a while, but in Danny's case, she'll be back quick. And yeah. uh, I think you'll see them back competing and, and certainly challenging the leaderboard to, to say the least. 100%. I messaged Danny as well. Uh, just the, you know, Hey, thinking of you. Um, but I would agree with you. Just a bump in the road for her. You know, she'll be back. Well, let's, let's take a quick break and uh, talk about our sponsors. So did you happen to see me and my really awesome gooder glasses glasses over the weekend? I looked awesome. How could I miss you, John? You're in all neon with your amazing gooders. They didn't send those to me. For the record, I got those in a different method. And, you know, they're bright (laughs) pink. And I'm like, oh, I can make pink work. So I'm going to wear them. But they're awesome. Like, you know, and and I had never worn them at an event before. Um, You know, I've worn them before, but never at an event where it's like hot and sweaty and gross out and you're covered in and sunscreen and whatever. And I love these things. They're polarized. They don't slip. I mean, these are just my, my personal review. Maybe you feel differently about yours, but you know, like uh, they're not over-engineered. Like I wear glasses and I hate glasses that are over-engineered, meaning they have like the little, little nose thing, you know what I'm talking about? And they slip around <laughs> yeah. and they're too tight on your ears. Like this had none of that. They just they fit comfortably. They don't bounce around. Um, they're perfect for me and they're bright pink. So they're perfect. Can't beat it. No, totally. I got my first pair of gooders. Um, I, I swear I was looking for the booth all weekend. I told Nikki, I was like, I will find it if it kills me. And then on the, the last day I saw a woman walking around, branded everything, backpack, fanny pack, just like bright flamingo bags and gooder <laughs> on. And I was like, I have been searching for you all week. It was like, I manifested her in my mind. She was amazing. Her name also happens to be Stephanie. So thank you, Stephanie. If you're listening to this for the sunglasses, I love them. Um, I was just so happy. And, you know, she let me try on a bunch of them and I have to totally agree. It's, it's hard to find a pair of sunglasses that you can work out in and you feel like won't a fall off your face or B just be really freaking annoying. Like as you're running and sweating. And I was really surprised because a lot of the sunglasses I've worn in the past that grip onto you, like also tear out your hair. Like it's 
so grippy that I, if you put them in your problem. hair, I don't have this problem. Just empathize with me for a second, John, just for a second. No, like, you mean, you know, you put them back in your hair and then you take it out and you're either like stuck or you're pulling out hairs and whatnot. And like, no, I really like mine so far. So, um, yeah, it will not be my first pair. Let's just say that. Here's a true story. Some lady stopped me as I was wearing mine. She had hers on. She goes, are those good or something? Like, yeah. She's like, I just, they gave me a pair today. I asked for the red pair and she pulls them off and shows them to me. And like turns them to the side and there's a Canadian flag, like in, you know, like part of it, she's like, Oh my God, I think these are Canadian. <laughs> she had no idea. It was so, awesome. so funny. Well, if anyone wants them, uh, we have a code at the U S only, by the way. So if anyone internationally is listening, uh, this is a U.S. only code MPGA 15 at the gooder.com website, which is G O D R dot com and you get 15% off your pair and they're super affordable as it is. So getting discounts even better. So go get a pair of gooders. You'll love them. Um, and then airwave, you're an airway athlete. You, uh, you shove one in your mouth hole, right? I do right in that mouth hole all while I work out. Yeah, no, it's great. I, I ran a class for them on Saturday morning and it was awesome. I saw a lot of people using them. We got some running, we got some weightlifting. So it was a really good opportunity. Um, I, I love mine. I've been wearing it now about eight months. You know, I trialed it for a little bit here and there, just seeing how it felt. I think I've said this before. I was super hesitant and I was like, yeah, right. That's not going to help my performance. Like something is so small. And I also really didn't want anything in my mouth hole. You know, I'm like, I need all of that passageway for air. You know, it's like, <laughs> my first thought was not like, Oh, I want something that my t- that holds my tongue down in place. Like, no, thanks. Um, but as I've been using it more and more, I use it more and more and more and more, you know, like it, you feel better, you breathe, slower you're i find that i'm really in control of my respiratory rate and it helps me recover faster in between sets like the you can almost feel like the cortisol product you can almost feel the cortisol production is decreased you know i know that sounds funny but it's like you recover just so much faster than you would if you were like just sprinting for two minutes and then you had one minute to rest um, that one minute, you know, you make so much more of it. I feel like I do anyways. You're such a medical student. Toss around cortisol. It's a big word. And I got to look that up. <laughs> uh, you know, look, I, I feel the same way. I mean, someone asked me, I was with uh, Ben from Wad, I was with Wad Prep Crew all week. And Ben and I were hanging out and he's like, hey, this thing you're shoving in your mouth, bro. What is it? Like, does it work? What's it really do? You know, and I'm like, well, look, it, it opens your airway, not they say it opens it up to, you know, like an additional 9%. So I can't speak to percentages because I'm like you, I can't fill the cortisol, but I can tell you it's <laughs> my breathing more efficient. And I think that's for me, that's the real key. Like, you know, if, if your breathing's more efficient and, and it opens your jaw and get your tongue in the right position, maybe is the best way to think of it. Um, yeah. And which are, you know, all this helps your recovery. And for me, that's, I'm an old dude. Like I need any advantage I can in recovery and, and to perform better when I'm actually working out and it accomplishes those two things. And, you know, Rich Browning uses it. It's good enough for him. Steph Chung uses it. It's good enough for her. It's good enough for me. Right. I do. So you highly recommend, highly recommend. And Rich was wearing it all weekend. So some people were, you know, saying like, 
oh, well, they can use it when the training doesn't matter, but are they using it like rich for it all freaking weekend? He, you know, and he really bites down on it. He talks about how much he, he clenches. And when you clench, the research shows that that's what reduces your cortisol production. Um, it's like this natural kind of like evolutionary thing that when you clench your jaw, it, um, it reduces how much cortisol you produce. So, um, yeah, highly recommend that you try it out. John, do you guys have a code for that? Uh, we don't, there's no code for airway, but they're super affordable and you can get them on, uh, airwave.com, which is A I R W A A V.com. So three and I A's. do have a code. You do three A's. Yeah, I do have a code. So if you do want a little bit of cash off, my code is S C 10, or you can, um, if you follow me on Instagram or you find my Instagram, um, there's a link in bio there, um, that'll take you straight to the airwave page. So if you happen to misspell it or add an extra a, just, uh, pop over the link in my bio. Jeff coming on and just flexing on my podcast. Look at you with your (laughs) fancy codes and, and, uh, all your things. You know, you know why I'm a bad podcast host. So this is why everyone listening know, should know these mid-show ads are, no, are not just me blowing smoke up their ass. They only pay us for 60 seconds worth of space. Literally, that's it. And then we sit here and talk for 10 minutes about the stuff we're using because we actually like it. And I think that's, for me, that's the key to, you know, the stuff that we talk about on here. Like, I'm not going to sell anything I don't like. And I love these things, all of them. Good stuff. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm, I'm the same way. It's why I can't shut up about it is because like, I don't partner with anything that I don't personally use and or like slash love. Like there's only been, I can, I can't even think of a product that it wasn't like crazy about that I worked with, you know? So it's like, just, that's why we can't, uh, can't contain ourselves to 60 seconds only. That's the and beauty. you did give me a warning about that before we started. Yeah. Well, look, it's yeah. only 60 seconds. That's the beauty of CrossFit though. Like I, you know, I think we've got, there are a lot of great CrossFit centric companies and, and companies that are partnering within what we're doing. And if, you know, I wish I had had some of these advantages. I realize sunglasses aren't really an advantage in a workout, but I wish I had had someone early in my CrossFit career say, Hey, go use this or go do that. And, you know, it would yeah. help me, but I'm old. And back when we were doing CrossFit, you know, the dinosaurs were on the earth. So, um, Hey, let's talk about the teen athletes, teenagers, yeah. not the not the actual events themselves, but uh, Mal and Emma. What were your thoughts on them? Man, it makes me nervous to see who's coming after them. If they are any sign of what's to come, they are so impressive, like so impressive. And, you know, like I competed against both of them at Granite Games And, you know, like, not saying I was counting them out, but I was like, you know, they're teenagers. I know they've been to the games as teenagers, but, you know, they're in individuals now. And, you know, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of, you know, there's some differences. You know, it's heavier volume, heavier weights, you know, veterans in the competition. And I swear they they knocked it out of the park. I couldn't have been more wrong. You couldn't even tell that either of them felt any pressure, although, you know, I'm sure that they did. You couldn't even, they stepped up to the plate way more than I ever would have expected way more than I could have at the age of 17. Let me just say that. Well, they both made the cut, which is really, um, really impressive. And, you know, I'll start with Emma. I mean, you know, 
Emma's weekend, while well, she you know she finished behind Mal, uh, but she finished 16th, which you think you know that for any rookie, you know, first year at the games, that's a spectacular finish to make the top 20, and then even more so, you know, yeah, okay, well she's 17 years old, like. <laughs> It's just, Incredible. you know, it's kind of unreal. And then Mal comes in and gets her first event win. She was the first one of the weekend to beat Tia. Yeah. You know? That event was really cool to watch. Yeah, it was a real statement moment. It was like, yeah. when I watched it, you know, I didn't look at it and go, okay, this is your, you know, the champion this week. But I, I did think it was, you know, kind of to your point of, all right, here to stay. Like, you know, yeah. it's not a fluke. I deserve to be here. And she had a whole handful of, you know, fourth and fifth place finishes, like kind of across the weekend. So, you know, or in the entire week. So super, super impressed by Mal O'Brien. Her coach came and I love her. Do you have, do you know, James, her coach, James Townsend? You know, I've met him a handful of times, once at Granite Games, and I saw him a bit this week, but I can't say that I know him personally or very well. I love that dude. And uh, we had, I would just shoot you messages over the weekend. Nothing spectacular. Just, hey, thinking about you, do a great job you're doing a great job, you know? And at some point he responded, he's like, Hey, we've got to find some time this weekend. I'm like, um, okay, but you're busy. So cool. If you don't. <laughs> and it's the last day. You can't even make this up. They're between events. It was either 13 and 14 or 14 and 15. I'm up in the stands. I don't know how he found me stuff. No clue. But I hear him call my name and I look down and there he is. I'm like, I go running down. I give him a hug. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Like, why are you here? And he's like, I just, I want to make sure we got a chance to chat and I want to check on you. I'm like, wow. And so I'm, I'm like, you know, so grateful. How's your athlete doing? He's like, she's doing great. I got to get back to her. I just want to make sure I said hi before you got out of town. I'm like, well, I mean, seriously, like who does that? Who does that? Wow. Like, that's such a nice thing. And I think it's, you can see, you know, his impact on her and she's equally, you know, I think kind of special as a person. I don't really know her, but everyone that I do that knows her says that, you know, and so it was just, it was really kind of a interesting moment to me to get kind of a, an inside look at, uh, you know, how they are and how they treat people, you know, and yeah, I came away from the weekend, not because of that specific thing, but that was one of many with um, just a different, I hate to say different, but a real special perspective on the CrossFit community because there were so many moments like that. It reminds me how special our community can be, you know, like once you get away from all the internet shouting and the trolls and people fighting about whatever, and you actually get us together pretty special, you know? Yeah, absolutely. We're the, the best thing about athletes, and I would say that, you know, the majority of elite athletes, this is true, is that they're good people, you know, like at their core. Yes, they're amazing athletes. Yes, it's incredible to watch them on the floor, but, you know, you can go up and say hi to any of them and they're excited to see you too. You know, it's not an imposition. It's like totally they're normal people and more than normal people. They're fantastic people. So it's, it is really refreshing to see that that's carrying over to the younger generations too, you know, as it becomes more of a popular sport, maybe more fame comes with that, the potential of course. And the worry would be that athletes turn into more, you know, like secluded from the community, kind of like separate um, from everyone else. And I, I always hope that that doesn't happen. And Mal and Emma from how much I've gotten to interact with them are, you know, totally the opposite. 
they are like just such kind, kind people and also very scary in competition. So I, I can't wait to see what they do in future years. I also can't wait to see who's coming up behind them because they, I can only imagine inspire so many young athletes to say like, Hey, I don't need the team division. Like put me in with the individuals. I got this. Like to have role models like them competing in the individual elite division at such young ages. Like I just think, I think we're going to maybe see more of that in the future. I definitely think that the up and coming generation regardless is going to be formidable. There are so many coming up. So many, so many, so many good athletes coming up that I think it's going to, we're going to have great competitions for years to come. I mean, Tia's going to win all of them, but we're still going to have great competitions. <laughs> going to be great. Tia will still be winning as a master's athlete, but you know, it is, it is kind of a cool ju- juxtaposition to see such young athletes in the mix with veterans of the games, you know, 10, eight, 10 year, vet, like games athletes. Um, it's great. It's great to see the competition. And it's also kind of selfishly, I love seeing those perennial games athletes hold their own against this new talent. You know, they're still here to fight. They're still here to play. Well, let's talk about one of the most veteran athletes of all time. And I'll just ask you the question. I'd be interested to hear your response to it. So Rich Froning wins the Philly cup again. And so by my count, he's won an individual title four times. How many times he won a Philly cup four or five? You know? Oh my God. Don't test this trivia on me. It's been at least four, uh, one, at least four yeah. times in another second. So is, is he the greatest of all time after this? That is such a great question. He's a legend for sure. You know, I, I, I'm not into stats. I don't do numbers. Um, I don't track that stuff, but I think anyone who knows anything about CrossFit knows that he is a legend in the sport, you know, for him to say, I'm quitting individual competition to spend more time with my family and take a step back and then turn and captain the winningest team of all time. You know, like just who does that? Who, whose retirement plan is winning and dominating the team competition for years, you know? Yeah, I guess that's my point. Like, and I didn't mean it in a way of, you know, rich versus Matt or rich versus yeah. anyone else. I just mean greatest of all time. Like, he just doesn't know how to lose. It's insane. Like, I, mean, I love it about him. You know, but you look at this, the teams and um, how dominant Mayhem has been over the years. And he's had such a rotating cast. And it's not like he's just had this rotating cast of, of, uh, you know, big name athletes. I know we had the one year where, you know, you could bring people, you know, the one and a half years where you could bring in people from other gyms from anywhere you wanted. But for the yeah. most part, like, I, I mean, here's the, here's a good test. Like I had uh, Taylor and Andrea on the podcast. I knew them by name. I have had to look up anytime I tagged that team in something, I had to look up Chase's name every time. Cause I can't seem to remember it. And I don't mean <laughs> it offensively to Chase. It's just like, it isn't like he's Dan Bailey or got pan check or, you know, some name we've all heard for the last decade, you know, and mm. that's the power of rich is like, he finds these great athletes and makes them a team. They're not, these aren't guys going out and winning individual competitions they are great on a team and man, so, so impressive. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
I've, I haven't competed on a very competitive team. I've competed on teams before. And I will say that it takes a very special kind of athlete to be a good team athlete. And to your point, not all individual athletes are great team athletes. Just because you're a good athlete in general doesn't mean that you're going to be great when you're paired up with other people and you're having to do their tests. I mean, speaking from a female side, Andrea Nistler is a fantastic individual athlete. But every time I've talked to her at a competition that she was winning, by the way, she said she wasn't having fun. Like it wasn't, it wasn't the same for her. Um, so very happy to see them succeed. I think, um, you know, it's for a team athlete who wants to be a team athlete, it's obviously the highest achievement. And it speaks, like you said, to Rich's leadership ability that he, he's taking these athletes and making a, an incredible team out of them, regardless, you know, of what super teams were pulled from all different sides of the earth with the best, you know, individual athletes, he's still, they're still on top. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess when he found out Reebok was paying an extra bonus for winning events, he took them seriously because <laughs> he won yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They won eight events. He's like, all right, I'll cash that check. And, uh, yeah. he went out and cashed it. So good for them. Like really good for them. Good for them. Were they, what, what were they paying team? Were they t- paying teams the same, the 10 grand for per yeah. win? Yeah. And then, you know, um, you know, the games themselves pay for event wins as well. Not yeah. to mention the first prize, you know, so yeah. nice little check. Well, for thank God. Now. Yeah. Well, thank God. I mean, it's one of those, we talk about, um, you know, what the athletes are paid and how we're kind of still far away from a professional sport where most athletes in the sport or, you know, even the top 40 we talk about in any game cycle can support themselves off these competitions and teams kind of get it worse than that because it's four people. So any prize money is split between them. They may have less sponsors than an individual athlete because there's less eyes on the team competition, um, less individual glory for sure. So I'm really happy to see that they, they cashed in on um, that opportunity and made some money for themselves because that, you know, with, like you said, those three sources of income at the games alone, Hopefully that looks like a pretty good annual salary for the four of them. Yeah, it looks like it will be. Well, let's let's wrap it up with just some takeaways and and not necessarily about the events or the athletes, but just, you know, maybe you know, this is the first year that Noble is in charge. Um, you know, so obviously a much different kind of event. We had a lot of different sponsors that we've seen in the past. What were your what were your major takeaways from the week? Oh my gosh. Well, I'm totally biased uh, because I think Noble is the absolute best out (laughs) there. Um, You know, they're so generous as a company um, speaking as an athlete that's on their athlete team. Um, I think the world of them, I think the world of their leadership and of all the people who work for the company, you know, it made it so much different for me. And I'm, I never had this experience when Reebok was at the games, you know, I wasn't on the Reebok team, but I would preferentially walk through the crazy retail store every single time I wanted to go from the Coliseum to North park, just so I could see and say hi to everybody, you know, and like, they're busy, they're working like nuts, you know, they're hot. People are in and out. They've just been running around all day. They had impossibly long days and they still were so excited to like, smile, chat with me, ask me how I was doing. And, you know, it's not just me. It was like 
I saw that happening with every person who was in there. You know, I just think they're incredible people. I think the experience was totally different. Um, I spoke to a couple athletes who were floored by the amount of, um, you know, clothing and goodies they got. They felt really special for that. And I think that's really, that's something that's really important in a sport where you're not necessarily paid to be there. So it really is an experiential thing as an athlete. So you should feel really special. I think in my opinion, they should feel like they are like famous athletes and be treated as such. So, um, really happy to hear that the athletes were pleased with, you know, their outfits they were wearing. Um, I heard a lot of people had a really, really good time just at the venue, whether they were, whether they had Coliseum seats or not. Um, I'm so, like I said, I'm totally biased, but I think, I think the whole vibe was different and I'm so excited to see how it grows. If this is year one, I can't wait to see what year five looks like, you know, what about you? Well, I have a lot of thoughts. Um, I'm not biased. Oh, tell me. So you'll get the, <laughs> at least my honest review. I thought, um, first of all, I thought Noble did a great job. I thought their um, the layout, their store was fantastic. Everything was clean and crisp. I thought everything they did was very thoughtful. You could see it, like kind of across the board where where everything was. Clearly, some real thought went into it. And so you know, big props to them. And I agree with you. I think they did make the athletes feel like, like they were pro athletes. Like people felt really special about the way they did it. Like I didn't go in the room, but I saw some of it where they had them their, uh, you know, where they were giving them their gear. They had like ambient sounds and the ambient sounds were from previous games. You know, like yeah. I just thought that was a really thoughtful touch to make people, you know, give them kind of this, Oh crap moment, you know, when you come walking in. So that was some cool stuff. Um, from the games itself, I thought the programming was terrific. Um, there, or We don't have enough time to really get into it, but I think maybe in future episodes we'll talk about it once I hear Dave talk about it more. Because I have, mm-hmm. I personally have some questions about how the programming was done. None of it critical. I'm just curious as to his mindset. Like as an example, how the snatch event was laid out, that back-to-back running clean event. You know, some of that was... I think people are questioning and I don't have a problem with them as programs per se. I just like to know like what he was testing exactly, but I thought they were yeah. all very good tests and fun to watch. Um, CrossFit health is back. So that was yeah. very cool to see in vendor village. Like they had a, a big presence with the affiliate group and it's good to see that they're getting involved with not just doctors, but they're actually uh, working with all healthcare professionals now. And that's a yeah. huge shift in the past. Like Glassman was notorious about uh, only working with MDs. Yeah. And so I, I think it's really good that they're saying, all right, maybe we should be talking to physical therapists and chiropractors and nurse practitioners and midwives and anyone that, you know, affects your overall health is someone that they want to be a part of. So um, that was very, very cool. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm personally, I'll jump in. I'm personally really pumped about that. And I didn't know that that was a shift they were making until one of, one of the doctors who's a part of CrossFit health, I guess, an ambassador for the program came up to me and was like, you know, I follow you and I saw that you're going to PA school. Like, have you ever thought about CrossFit health? And I was like, well, of course I have, like, that's a dream of mine. I, you know, like would 
that's my goal as a PA is to somehow marry CrossFit with medicine, like bridge that gap. Um, but I said like, but I'm not going to be an MD, MD, you know, I'm going to PA school. And he's like, well, we're working with nurses or with PAs or with everybody now. So that was really, that was really exciting. That'll be a very cool shift and to see how they, that, how that takes off. Yeah. I think it's very cool. Um, I thought they did a good job having seminars and stuff going on in vendor village. Vendor village was a little light for the record, like just not as many vendors as your past. That's understandable. Um, they had a big charity focus, which they haven't done in the past. So you saw Battle Cancer was there, Project Onyx, uh, Faith RX. Let's see if I can get them all. The Phoenix. Phoenix. The Phoenix. There was one other group um, that for the life of me, I can't remember who they are. But, you know, so I, I think it's good to see that that wing of CrossFit is alive and well. And that, oh, Barbells for Booze was there. And I talked to most of them. I had several of them on the podcast. So we'll have future episodes with some of these groups. Uh, and it looks like CrossFit is is putting a lot of resources behind and into them. And so that, I think that's great to see, to pull those communities together. Um, Absolutely. Probably the only part of the weekend that was weird for me was the monster sponsorship. We don't have to get into it too much here. Yeah. Again, it'd be more time than we probably have. But um, as I was capturing podcasts, I got one with uh, Aaron Hine from Fit Aid, and we talked about it. He's the, one of the owners. Um and I talked to someone from CrossFit Health on the air about it. And so, you know, we'll have more. But that that was a weird, what felt like a real cash grab to me because I realized they had water in the cans for the athletes. But Monster yeah. has notoriously not been known as a health company. And, we're you know, CrossFit's a health company, you know. And so it yeah. just felt weird. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not the one making the decision. So I guess we'll let the community decide and and, you know, figure out what the long-term ramifications of that are. And as I digest it more, we'll probably talk about it more. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm not going to lie. I felt it was also weird to have that partnership. And I was also very confused through the weekend, which I think is genius on their marketing end, but also very confusing for anyone watching at home. So like you mentioned, the athletes water physical normal water like bottled water yeah. on the floor had monster on it yeah, but monster. in the in it, it was monster cans but on like out in the like vendor village and everything the monster was caffeinated yeah like really caffeinated like keeping people awake like it was probably double triple the amount of coffee yeah. you would have so i had the moment where i was joking with someone that they'd had like three monsters that day and like their heart was going to explode. And then I saw it on the floor and I was like, wait, are you kidding me? Are they giving athletes monster? Like, you know, I was confused about it. So genius marketing, but like, also I had to clarify with someone, I was like, that's not the, like the quote unquote monster water they're serving out there. Right. Cause like someone's going to have a heart attack. They're going to die. Yeah. It's, it's a weird moment. I think we'll, you know, we'll probably learn more. And again, I, I've got a couple episodes where we talk about it. Um, for me, it's just, it's a, it just feels weird. Like, you know, I've, I've heard both sides. I've had a lot of people coming in on the page going, well, it was just water and we're, you know, this is a game and it's no different than the X games that, you know, they, mm-hmm. they're going to sponsor sporting events. And I kind of, I understand the mindset, but to me it's different. Like the CrossFit games are not like the X game. This is a wing of a health company. These 100%. aren't skateboarders and, 
kids that live on Doritos and, you know, I don't know what skateboarders live on, but uh, it's a health company and yeah. we have notoriously fought soda for years. And whether you can say that's, you know, it's clearly Greg's influence, but even with him gone, there's no way going to sit around and say Coke's good for you. Like no, no. one, no doctor on the planet no. is going to say this stuff's good for you. And no one's going to say monsters are good for you. And so it's just, it's a weird weird thing to have as a sponsor. I realize that they sell beer at the games and I've, I consumed plenty for the record, but Budweiser wasn't sponsoring the games. It wasn't what you saw on CBS, you know? And so it's just weird, you know, but we'll, you know, we'll figure it out eventually. Yeah. I mean, I don't, you're going to, just because I wasn't on the podcast where you're going to talk about this with other people, my two cents is like, there are plenty of other beverages that we could endorse as CrossFit, for example, like Vita Coco or like coconut water, you know, it's like that, you know, don't have the caffeine, but are like refreshing too. So it's, yes, it feels a little bit cash grabby because, you know, it's a, a energy drink, but it's not, not one that's good for you and not one that's really in line with the ideal sport. So I'm interested to see what your podcasts with, uh, with those guys were well, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure they're going to be super enlightening, but it'll help some. You know, it wasn't a, to me, it wasn't a dampener, a damper on the games. Like I, you know, all in all, I think it was a spectacular experience. I think, you know, the way this thing was put on by CrossFit and by Noble was great from, from mm-hmm. end to end. Like this was probably the only thing where I raised an eyebrow. Otherwise I had a lot of fun, you know, and, and all the cheese cards. So <laughs> that makes two of us, John. That makes two of us. All right. Well, I think we're right at time. Um, Steph, thanks for popping in and and subbing for our girl while she goes out and decides if she's gonna have this kid or not. Any time. I'll we'll try to make time again between me actually holding Axel, Matt Frazier, Brazier, John Woolley. <laughs> <laughs> well, I so I recorded 12 episodes while I was in Madison. Uh, in the back of that sketchy van. And I think by the time they're all said and done and edited, we'll, I'll probably have them down to eight full episodes, some of them paired up with others. So we got a lot of really great content. You know, I mentioned Aaron Hine from Fit Aid was on. Um, oh, gosh, let's see. Who else did I have off the top of my head? Kelly Sterrett was on. Uh, his was spectacular. Uh, Sage Bergner, uh, Coach Bergner's. Mm-hmm you know, part of the Bergner family, you know, kind of royalty within lifting and CrossFit uh, was on. I had a, a master's athlete from New Zealand. I had a teen athlete who competed at the Mac, um, but with the adults and trains with uh, Sam Briggs, Maggie Perrin is her name. Um, and, you know, several charities and a couple entrepreneurs and just kind of unique voices within the community. So I think, you know, we came away with a lot of really cool, interesting things to talk about while we were there. And uh, so hopefully everybody will like it. So we'll see. But none of it was with Nikki. So I was solo for a while. So everybody's going to deal with me for the next few weeks. So, well, it sounds riveting. You had some great guests. We'll see how riveting it was. We'll see. <laughs> it was fun. It was a lot of work, but it was fun. So, all right. Well, thanks for doing this, Steph. I appreciate it as always. And Absolutely. For everyone listening, uh, thanks for joining. Wish happy thoughts to uh, our girl Nikki while she is out for a bit. We will update you guys as we have more information. And with that, we will chat with you guys soon.